is SBR, the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered, unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliffy Joe. Welcome back, everyone. What's up, everybody? I had to pull back from the microphone because <laughs> I keep clipping no matter what I do. <laughs> every time you do it, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. This equipment can't hold me. Can't hold me. Can't I know contain the banshee. It's like I know it's coming and still, but still, it still gets me by surprise somehow. Uh, yeah, because we also record this on a video clip and I always watch you laugh or cringe or <laughs> <laughs> or adjust your headphones. There's always, something, that, there's always something that's happening. <laughs> I always immediately back up a little bit and then I, do, I play with my headphones or I push some buttons. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention this last time on our last pod. But again, with the new year and with our uh, one-year retrospective, we failed to mention that we started a new recording tactic <laughs> Yeah, for our podcast listeners. So all the podcast listeners that have listened to us prior to our updated equipment and recording techniques, just bless you. Just bless your hearts <laughs> with all the skipping in the audio, just the horrible quality that Skype puts out. Oh, Bless your hearts, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for sticking with us. And hopefully, it's better. <laughs> hopefully, you're enjoying it more because the quality is better. You don't know how upset Joe would get every week in the edit. He's <laughs> just, oh, it's so bad. It's so annoying because Cliff is so loud. And he would talk over so many of my good points. And then it would clip out. <laughs> and it would disappear. But we all got new equipment. <laughs> we got new techniques and we got great audio that we're going to put out for the people. So we are here. New year, new us. SBR is back. We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline that's coming up real quick. We got a couple superstars that I'm going to ask Joe about all day or Cray Cray if they should be traded. But we got to start with some definitely maybe on some big sports news that's going on. Right now. All right, Joe, let's start. First one, Super Bowl matchup is set. Niners versus Chiefs. Mahomes and the Chiefs were down 24 in the first half against the Texans, wow. and they turned it around in a blowout. They beat the super-duper underdog Titans, who beat the <laughs> Patriots and the Ravens. Mahomes has thrown eight passing touchdowns and has a rushing TD in two games leading up to the Super Bowl. And on the other side, in the NFC, on the backs of their defense in the rushing game, the Niners make it into the Super Bowl. They routed the Packers behind Mo Mostert's. I can never say his name. Mostert's. Yeah, Mostert. It's hard to say his name. <laughs> 220 rushing yards and four touchdowns. And they routed the Vikings behind Tevin Coleman's 105 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Joe, definitely, maybe, should the Chiefs be favored? Oh, man, that's actually kind of tough. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I'm going to. Oh, man, <laughs> this is tough. It's a tough one. Use your maybe. Should I? What else is on here? I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe. Because I really don't know, honestly. I, there are a lot of reasons to think that they should be favored. You know, they have an incredible offense. They have, obviously, the better quarterback. They have the better offense uh, like I can't even name, <laughs> like who's who's on the Niners? Like I don't, 
who who's on the Niners? Like they're they're sorry. I mean, whatever. They have running back by committee. You know, I mean, they have Emmanuel Sanders. Like they have they have certain guys that they they got and that they're trying to have some semblance of an offense, but really it's all about their defense. Yeah. But Nick man, Bosa, is, Richard Sherman, yeah. they got a lot of guys. Their defense is scary though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when I was watching the Packers game, man, it was it was pretty it's crazy. Brutal. It was yeah, it was a little disappointed in Aaron Rodgers, but that defense is just that that defense is monstrous. And so it is a classic offense versus defense kind of thing. And we've seen tons of teams from the past, you know, whatever, Pittsburgh teams or Chicago or the Ravens. You know, there's been there have been these kind of defensive juggernaut teams where the quarterback's not that great. That's kind of Jimmy G, right? Um, but I just don't know. You know, I could see it going either way. I could see it being a boring game where the Niners are really clamping down. It's a defensive battle, and they just kind of win with a couple safeties <laughs> and a pick six or something. Or I could see it. I could see the Chiefs because they have such an explosive offense. You know, playing well, and so I just I gotta go. Maybe the line, the Vegas line, is Chiefs favored by one and a half points that's nothing that's yeah, really that's nothing. how close it if, is. If, yeah. that's a maybe by vegas basically right <laughs> <laughs> they played this they're like hey what do you guys think definitely maybe it's like maybe <laughs> i don't know point and a half <laughs> everybody for the niners uh, chiefs <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna go definitely on this one. Oh. I, they I mean, were your pick. I, I, I probably the were your pick your yeah. preseason pick they were my preseason pick i should have said maybe but Here's the thing. The Chiefs came back from 0-24, and they blew out the Texans. They were yeah. down 24 points, and they blew them yeah. out. They were, they were down against the Titans, and then they just came back to destroy them too. A lot of it is, like they and they held Derrick Henry to 66 yards. Right. Mr. Derrick who Henry, was, who destroyed who everybody. everybody. Yeah. Everybody. So... I think their defense has been in question all season. But really, if they can stop Derrick Henry, they should be able to stop the Niners' rushing attack. And if they can stop the Niners' rushing attack, what do they really have on the offensive end, right? Whereas the Chiefs, really, they're going to put a ton of pressure, ton of pressure on the Niners' defense. And Mm -hmm. the Niners' defense is probably going to be on the field a lot longer than they want to be. And so that's going to tire them out, and they're going to lose their effectiveness. Big stage, all this stuff. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying for sure the Chiefs are going to win, but for me, they right. at least definitely should be favored. But my second question to this whole thing is: Should the pack, the Patriots, not the Packers, should the Patriots regret trading Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll answer it like I'm supposed to. Definitely not. <laughs> Jimmy G, why? He's not good. <laughs> He's just like lucky to be on a great defensive team. <laughs> like he's done nothing. What has he done? He just, he's not pulling any of these games out. You know, like the defense is winning it for him. They're running the ball a ton. Like, no, come on. Give me a break. He threw eight passes. <laughs> eight. Eight freaking passes. The lowest in a playoff game in 48 years. That's 
ridiculously low. <laughs> so, so, so the Patriots were really sad, or Patriots fans were really sad, because they traded him in 2017 for a second-round pick. The second-round pick was then traded down for multiple picks, and no player from all of that has ever started for the Patriots. So they got nothing for Jimmy Garoppolo. But really what they traded Jimmy Garoppolo for was three years of Tom Brady, right? That's what right. they were trading him for. And they won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it. That's, Definitely that's, not. They don't regret it. This is this is just ridiculous. Pat, Pat's fans are – that's that is just annoying. Like you shouldn't be sad about Jimmy G. He's not the reason for anything. He's just lucky. Be happy for him, okay? Like you, you let him go. He went somewhere else. He's living his best life. Just let him live and be happy for him. <laughs> Look, it's fine. You had Tom Brady. It's fine. You know, if Sa- if Sasha Vujicic goes somewhere and wins a championship, I'm not I'm not mad about that. Sasha and we didn't get anything for him. That's fine. It's good good for you, Sasha. You go and you you score three points in that finals game, okay? Like I'm happy for you. The Astros were caught in cheating allegations surrounding the 2017 World Series against the Dodgers. Joe they electronically stole signs. They yeah. stole signs. And I will tell you, I've seen – so they there was an internet sleuth that found a lot of this stuff, right? Yes. And a lot of feedback came in, and they sent it to the MLB, and they had a nine-page, basically, statement that ended up with the GM and the head coach being suspended for a year where the Astros subsequently fired them. They lost their first and second round picks for two years. They lost $5 million in fines. Alex Cora was fired as the manager of the Red Sox. Carlos Beltran, who was a player on the Astros, was hired as a manager for the Mets. His offer was rescinded. There was a lot of things that were happening, just just to talk you through it. Sure. Uh, I saw some clips where they would, you know how like, at the at baseball games where they would bang boom boom defense, right? You hear that drum? Uh-huh. Every every time a changeup was coming, they would bang the drum. Boom. Right. Every time a fastball was coming, they didn't play anything. So hitters knew when the pitch they wanted was coming. Right. There was also talk. Altuve is accused of having electronic triggers on his body that would buzz based on the type of pitch that was coming. Yeah. Joe should Major League Baseball have done more against the Astros than what they did for their fines? Definitely. Mm. Yeah, they should have taken away the title. Mm. They should have taken away the title. That's like if you if you cheated in I'm, I, anything, right? Like if you cheated on a test and you got an A, do you deserve the A? Mm. Like, what teacher would say, uh, you know what? It's pretty clear that you cheated. You had a very elaborate system here with electronics and everything set up. Mm-hmm. But uh, what can we do? The test is over. <laughs> you know, it's like we have already, we've already inputted the grades. So I guess there's, there's no mechanism for us to, to go back and change this. It's like, no. No, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. If you cheated and you got caught cheating and there is clear evidence of it, there should be real consequences. You don't deserve that win, right? Mm. Like, you know, if they found out that they were cheating in the middle of the game, right? Like, what would they do? Mm-hmm. Would they just be like, oh, well, I don't know. What can we do about this? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, no, that's that's ridiculous. They would forfeit. 
Yeah, they would for they would they should lose. Like mm-hmm. that's no that's the way it should be. Like that's what you learn when you're in like elementary school. Like those are playground rules, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you get caught cheating, then you forfeit, you lose. It doesn't count. You're disqualified. That's in anything. Right? If you're cheating, if you cheated anything, if you cheated American Idol, you know, you cheated mm-hmm. on like X Factor, if you're lip syncing or something, you know, if there's something going on, you have an unfair advantage, then you know, you don't deserve that title. It doesn't that go against doesn't that fly in the face of at its very core what sport is? It's supposed to be this meritocracy where everything is even and you prove it on the field. Obviously, they didn't do that. And so I I I think this is terrible and they definitely should have had more done to them. I agree, they definitely should have done more. I I, I used to think like, you know, everyone tries to cheat, right? There's steroids. There's all this stuff that's happening. Um, but the thing that really, I think, angers me and pisses me off is, like, people will go down to the minors because of stuff that they did. Like, this affects, like, so much. It affects contracts. It affects perfe- perception of, like, you Darvish, especially. Right. Like, there's right. so many people that have been tainted and tattered by kind of the stuff that they were pulling off for a really long time. You think it's just the World Series? There's other right. places that they were doing it, other games that they were doing it, entire seasons, whatever, right? Um, it tarnishes all of this stuff, and right. it tarnishes everything. So what's the point of not vacating it? Um, I, 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 I don't get what baseball is upholding by just suspending the GM, but the players were involved. All these people were involved. Everybody has I mean, to be punished. The The stupid thing is to, yeah, I mean, I totally hundred percent agree with you. Like the players should be punished or fined or something, but the, the stupidest thing is vacating the championship really doesn't affect anybody. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, those guys, like, let's say it, there was no money involved or anything. Right. Right. And they're just like, we're just going to change the record books and we're just going to vacate this championship. Nobody won this World Series. Right. Right. As much as I would love it to be like the Dodgers should win it. Let's just say, let's just say for the sake of argument for right now that they just said nobody won it and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't affect anybody. Nobody's affected by that. Nobody's contract is affected. Nobody's livelihood is affected. It's only because baseball doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they don't want that black mark on themselves, basically, that cheating happened and it was so bad that we deemed this championship vacated. That doesn't really affect anybody, though, right? Like Houston already had their parade. You know, they've already generated right. whatever revenue was going to come from those T-shirts, right? Like right. that that stuff's all gone. It's already happened. Mm-hmm. But just to uphold that reputation, they 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 would like let go of their integrity, basically. And that's to me, that's just that's disappointing and terrible. Uh, you touched on this, but one last definitely maybe. Do the Dodgers deserve the 2017 World Series title? Uh, I think definitely. Hmm. And the reason is, if the other team cheats, you automatically win. Hmm. Right? Isn't that how it is? If you catch the other team cheating, then they're vacated, right? Like, they, they quit. They're disqualified. Like, if you're if, if it's track and there's only two people running and, you know, the other person wins, but you find out that they were doping, then what happens? You get gold, right? Because you're the next best person. Like, you're the one who was there. 
you were you were second, but then the first person cheated, and so you move up from second to first. That's the normal way it should happen. It's stupid to say like, oh well, we don't know what would have happened if you know they didn't cheat. But that's not the point, right? If you cheat, you forfeit the right to find out what would have happened. If you cheat and you get caught cheating, right? Like, again, if you cheat on a test and you got an A on the test, but then you tell the teacher, oh, but you know what? If I didn't cheat, I probably would have got a B. So why don't you give me a B? It's like, no, you don't get a B. You get an F. Right? Like, you got mm. zero. You get nothing because you cheated. That's that. That's the that's the consequence of cheating, that that's what happens. You get disqualified. And so that's, the, yeah, definitely that should happen. I'm going definitely not. Here's why. Houston beat two teams, three teams in that playoffs. They beat Boston. They beat the Yankees. They beat the Dodgers. And I think all three have a stake, at the, have a claim to the title. Who knows what could have happened for the Yankees? Who knows what could have happened for the Red Sox? Who knows what could have happened with the Dodgers, right? It, this black mark affects all of them. Hey, let's get all those guys. The guys that retired. Hey, bring them all back. Let's play a playoffs with the, <laughs> for the you know 2017 World instead? Series title. You know what? You're right. But what they should do instead is they all win the championship. <laughs> <laughs> they all get a ring. <laughs> all three teams. All three teams that were the victim of this cheating share the gold medal for 2017. They share the championship. All of those teams won a championship. Because it's stupid that because this one team cheated, you know, the other teams were denied, right? Like, that's, that's, that is unfair. And it's, like, dumb that their cheating creates less winning. So let's just make more winners. Let's just make three winners, <laughs> three champions for 2017. I'm fine with that. I'll share it. We'll, we'll all share it, guys. We'll share it. Zion is returning to basketball I think as of your listening, it will be tonight. Maybe as of your listening, it was yesterday. As of this recording, it's on Wednesday. He was 23-6-2 in the preseason with 71% shooting. Oh, I am expecting a lot. I'm expecting a lot out of Zion's debut. Joe, definitely maybe. Will the Pelicans make the playoffs now that Zion is returning? Where are they at right now? They are three and a half games behind the Grizzlies for trailing for the final playoff spot. Joe, in the last 14 games, the Pelicans are 10 and 4 with wins over Houston, Denver, and Utah. Their four losses are against all playoff teams. Wow. Hmm. Well, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to make it ultimately. I mean, it's crazy that they are where they are. They're two games yeah. under 500. John Morant. John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jonas Valanciunas well. is playing Valanchunas, well. Valanciunas JV, he's playing Dylan well. Dylan Brooks is playing well. Dylan Brooks is playing well. <sighs> Man. But John Morant's really impressive, honestly. Some of the things he does with the ball. Jeez. Would you yes, rather have John Morant or Trey Young? I'd rather have Trey Young at the moment. But, I mean, it's, it's hard because obviously John Morant's a rookie. You know, you don't know what he'll become. But Trey Young, he's a very good passer. Mm. Yeah, that's a kind of a underrated or I guess not as well-known part of his game for people that don't actually watch the games. He's a very good passer. 
And it, so it feels the it feels like the next generation of Steph versus Westbrook. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Although John Morant already shoots better than Westbrook mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Yeah, but like more of the, the the shooter versus the beast. Right. Right. He yeah, I mean athletically, some of his missed dunks. Oh like my gosh. So crazy oh this my year. gosh. Already. I love it. Um I'm going to say no. I'm going to say definitely not. They're not going to make the playoffs. I'm uh, going much- with definitely. <laughs> <laughs> with my preseason prediction, I needed to be right. I had too many bad <laughs> takes. I need one to be good. <laughs> I still kind of feel like they're young and I, I don't know. I feel like right now, the sum of their parts, like the whole is less than the sum of the parts. Mm. And, you know, you can get away with that when your upper talent is like really amazing. I just don't feel like they're that. They need to be one of those kind of teams that's really clicking, you know, but they haven't clicked even when just everybody's healthy, mm. you know, right now, like without Zion, right? Mm. So even when Drew's in, Lonzo's in, and Ingram's in and Derek Favors is in and like Josh Hart's in, like all these guys are available and they're playing all of a sudden they don't seem that good. Like mm. they don't play that well. And so I think with Zion going in there, it's, it's going to kind of mess things up even more, but um, I think they will be fun to watch. I think they'll still win. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're still going to win their fair share of games, but they'd have to have like a really good run right to pass everybody that's ahead of them to make the playoffs and i just don't think i think they're going to come up a little bit short really the only contender is portland like there that that's probably the big contender and and san, san antonio. antonio's there too yeah so i mean you know it's it's got to be close i think between those teams um but yeah i would put if i had a bet right like right now on between san antonio portland and new orleans i would probably bet portland still mm. so that's just where i'm at all right, last one. The Aussie Open has begun. It's back. The favorites have made it through round one. Round two is playing as of this recording. Sharapova is already out. My gosh, how far far she has fallen. Nadal ranks one. He's got team and Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Say his name. And Monfi in his draw. Djokovic ranks two. He has Bautista, Raonic, and Sisipas in his draw. And Federer ranks three. And he has Dimitrov. Oh, gosh. And Fognini in his draw. Joe, definitely, maybe, will Nadal win the Aussie Open? Ugh, man. I used my maybe. (laughs) Because I I didn't know this was on here. I would have said maybe. Um, Ugh, man. Believe in your boy. Yeah, I have. Well, I have to say definitely. Because <laughs> it's between definitely and definitely not. And I'm not going to say definitely not. <laughs> sure. I'm definitely not going to say definitely it's not. It's his sorriest court, though. But he has, man, he always has trouble here. He's he's withdrawn because of injury or been injured. It's in the hot. Finals, like it's hot down times. there. The it's Australian hot. fires are happening. It's just, it's his worst surface. It's his worst tournament. It's his worst tournament, really. Yeah. It's not a different it's his worst tournament. hard court, obviously. But it's just his worst tournament. He just never plays as well at the Australian Open. I think he's got some mental stuff there. And it's Djokovic's best tournament. It is. And so it's going to be real hard to beat Djokovic. He just got stomped by Djokovic um, recently in the whatever. It's called like the ATP World Cup or something. And so, 
man, it's tough, but I can't say definitely not. I'm still going to say definitely. I'm still going to have faith in my guy. Maybe something will happen. Maybe Tsitsipas will pull it out somehow. <laughs> And then I have faith he can take Tsitsipas down. So I'm just going to say definitely. I'm going to go definitely not. Of course you are. Of course you are. I mean, Djokovic has seven. He has he has seven wins on this uh, uh, at this tournament. You know, he lost. Um, he dropped a set in the first round. Djokovic? Yeah. That was the first time he lost a set in his Australian Open first round match since 2006. Wow. That's that's 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> so he won in straight sets in the first round. It's pretty 14 years in a row. Um, but maybe that's a sign that he's declining a little bit. I want to find out how many sets Nadal has lost ever at the French Open. He's only lost like... It must, it must be in the... It's probably less than 10. Yeah, le- like single digits. <laughs> yeah. Which is insanity. Anyway, uh, I, I, I think Djokovic is... Yeah, I mean, he, he really doesn't have that much in front of him. Nadal has team, who's so good. Uh, Federer has Dimitrov in front of him. But Djokovic really has like a fairly easy draw. Uh, I mean, Sissipas is kind of tough, but he has a fairly easy draw, and it's his best tournament I find it hard to believe that Djokovic is not the favorite. At the very least, I don't think I take the field against Nadal. Yeah, no, he's he's the favorite for sure. But um, will he's he? Still definitely... But will he? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Djokovic is the favorite. Favorite, yeah, but um, but you know, Nadal's gonna win. You're not picking Federer? Federer is not the favorite? No, he got Dimitrov. Dimitrov is so good. Yeah, Dimitrov's good. Uh, and then he has to face Djokovic. <laughs> 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 Ugh, it's tough. Uh, all right, that was definitely maybe. We'll be back with NBA trade, land, trade deadline after this. All right, we are back. The NBA trade deadline is a on us we're gonna do it in a game that we like to call all day or cray cray joe the nba trade deadline is on february 6th with this which is about two weeks away oh wow here's some deals that i want to see happen yeah because they moved it up before the all-star game now right i didn't <laughs> realize they, it's so soon yeah, they hated all the collusion that was happening during the all-star <laughs> game but i'm like who cares who cares <laughs> boogie who got better? traded during the all-star game that was funny <laughs> the best deals happen when all the people are in the same room anyway uh, I try to make this as fair as possible in terms of teams that are being teams that are trading for these stars. Uh, Joe has not seen any of this, so we're gonna get him live reacting to this. But is it all day or cray cray in terms of the team trading away their star? Joe, okay. so, for, so for the team, for the team for Philly. Okay. 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 So suspect number one to trade Philly trading Ben Simmons. Hmm. Joe, I've long talked about this. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and Embiid having trouble together. And here's here's something that came out in an article. The Sixers, the Sixers spacing issues have led Embiid to publicly plead with his teammates to step outside of their comfort zones for the betterment of the team. And also led Horford to publicly lament his inability to find a rhythm with his new squad. 
But Ben Simmons is 16, 8, 8, 2, 1, 3.5 turnovers and 56% for the field. He's playing well with all of these things that are happening. He stepped up this game defensively, but you can see in the in the schemes that he can't do what he does best because even if he gets switched onto a smaller man and he can just play in the post, he can't because Embiid is there and Horford is there. They're not mm. playing out. They're not playing stretched. But it, really, the team has to work through Embiid. So I put together two trade scenarios that Philly should trade Ben Simmons for. So scenario one, Philly should trade Ben Simmons for Devin Booker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, would would Phoenix actually do this? No. Mm. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Then on the I flip mean, side, is if Phoenix offered this to Philly, is it all day or cray cray to accept? Oh, all day. <laughs> all day for sure. That's like pretty easy, actually. They don't even have to think about it. I wouldn't think about it. They're like, yes. <laughs> hey, would you do? Yes. About it. Uh, so Devin Booker on the season, I just looked him up. He's 26 and a half points, four yep. rebounds, six and a half assists, 1.83s. He's shooting 51% from the field and 92% from the line. How much from the field? 51. Holy moly for that's a shooting on, guard. That's on the season. He's He is crazy efficient this year. And in the past month, he's averaging 30 points, seven assists, four boards, 1.1 steals, 1.33s, still shooting 51%, 507, and 93% from the line. He is is sick efficient this year. He's playing very well. You know, everyone on the pod knows how much I love Devin Booker. Um, And he is a way better fit to play with Joel Embiid than... Ben Simmons. I've, I've, I said earlier this year that Devin Booker has a more complete offensive game than James Harden. Mm, and he right. does. <laughs> he does. And I don't know if Devin Booker is clutch yet. But one, I don't think he's a choker. And two, that's better than James Harden because I know he's not clutch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Devin Booker is... Let me. How does how old is Devin Booker? Let me let me check real quick. Twenty four. I want to say, say. He's twenty. I want to say he's twenty three. But let let me see. He's twenty three. Devin Booker is twenty freaking three years old. Okay, and he already has, in my opinion, a more complete offensive game than James Harden. I mean, like look at just even his numbers, right? Twenty seven, six and a half, and four on fifty one percent shooting. I mean, we talk about James Harden how he gets his. You know, he how he gets his points is all at the free throw line and his stupid threes, you know, and all the kind of gimmicky stuff that he does. And uh, by the way, it kind of hasn't been working the past, you know, 10 games or so. Houston's been losing a lot of those games. They've been double teaming him. He's having trouble figuring out what to do. Part of that's Russell Westbrook. I don't know if we're going to talk about this or not later, but, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff there. But I mean, Devin Booker's 23 years old. Pair him with Embiid, and they would be at least tied for the best team in the East. So no no problems giving away Ben Simmons? No, not in that situation, but I don't think Phoenix would do it. Okay, next trade. D'Angelo Russell and Alec Burke from Golden State. 
going to Philly for Ben Simmons. That is so cray cray. <laughs> that is so cray. I don't even know. That's cray 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 cray. That's way overboard. So, so if Golden State calls you and says, we'll give you D'Angelo and Alec Burke, you're like, no. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Meet us at the uh, meet us at the airport and just, <laughs> just be there. <laughs> of course we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We'll see you there. We'll see you there. Talk to our – he's there. You don't see us? I'm waving my hand. My hand's up right now. You don't see me waving at you? And then I just keep messing with them until they figure out that why would we ever trade Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell? No, I wouldn't do that. But theoretically, ben, uh, D'Angelo Russell fits better with Embiid. See, here's the thing. Um, I would never trade down, mm. period. I wouldn't mm. trade down. You don't trade down your superstars. Mm. This is the this is the James Harden mistake. This is OKC's mistake. This is the mistake they made every single time they dealt away one of their good players. They said, we can approximate what this guy does with a lesser player that might fit better both financially and for the needs of the team, right? And it never mm. worked. They went from drafting three MVPs in a row to giving away everything to essentially becoming, look, and hey, they're exceeding expectations this season, but to what end, right? Like, you gave away Durant, uh, Ibaka, Westbrook, and Harden. For what? It's, It's like Thanos giving away Infinity Stones, trading Infinity Stones for, like, swords. He's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. How about yeah, these blades? He's, he's like, my blade's cool, dude. Like, I want another blade. You know, he had that double-sided blade. I want yeah, a triple-sided yeah, yeah. blade. Yeah. You like, can yeah. have the time stone. Right? <laughs> like, you could control time. I want a triple-sided blade. It's about the same thing. It's like, it's roughly the same. It's like, no, it's not the, it's not the same. Like, do you not understand the value of a superstar or a superstar caliber player? No, it it doesn't make sense. D'Angelo Russell's not in the same class, even as. And I questioned whether Devin Booker would even become a superstar last week. You know, it's like, but we. I think what the problem is, we have to define really what that is. Right. Like, what exactly do we mean by that? Do you mean like championship level contender? You know, like you can lead what level team and all that kind of stuff, right? But if we're talking about, I don't care what we're talking about, superstar D'Angelo Russell. No, he's not. Mm. He's not. He'll never be. You know, he's more of just kind of, he's a little bit of a head case. You know, he doesn't completely have something intangible, drive, competitiveness. Like there's something in him that's just not quite there. And I mean, I can already, like you can tell that already. Like he's he's approaching a ceiling right now. So So my question, okay, I understand not trading down, sure. But there has to be something done between Ben Simmons and Embiid, right? They just don't fit. Do you write it out or do you try to find something that works? I, I, I don't agree. Yeah, because I don't think you're ever going to improve your team by getting worse players. You know, mm. I, I don't think they'll ever be able to get a better player than either Embiid or Simmons for Embiid or Simmons. Hmm. Well, why let me, another... let me throw out one more at you. What about okay. Ben Simmons for Trey Young? Maybe. Hmm. But I wouldn't do it right now for sure. So I wouldn't do it this season because the you have to find out whether you can win or not with this team. And right. they don't know yet. There hasn't mm. been enough. They haven't had enough chances. Ben Simmons is improving. And you have to like 
bet on the fact that your stars can figure out how to play together. They don't have to be like I think it's a it's a it's foolish to think about getting maximal value from every single one of your players. Because mm-hmm. that can never happen with superstars, right? You weren't getting maximum value from Kobe and Shaq when they played together. Mm. The question is, when they play together, is the combined value enough to win a championship? Because that's mm. all that really matters, right? Even LeBron figured out a way to do it, even though he was really diminishing the value of his own players. And and I give LeBron – this is and this might be something that the uh, – Listeners don't understand about the law of LeBron. Like when we talk about the law of LeBron, the reason we bring it up is not because we want to discredit LeBron for winning championships. It's no. because we want to take away the narrative of he never had enough help. Correct. Right. That's the real that's the narrative that really annoys us because he devalues his own players. Now, if you can win a championship like that, and we've said this before, if you can win a championship like that, you deserve the credit. And you might even deserve more of the credit because you the dirt you, championship. Yeah, you broke your own finger and then somehow you still found a way to win. It's like, hey, sure. I mean, I would say just don't break your own finger next time. But if you find a way to do it, if you need some kind of extra challenge, then hey, that's crazy. So it I mean, all adds to the narrative, right? So I don't. I'm not convinced they can't at least get to the finals with this roster. That's true because I mean, if you even think about it. There has been historic precedence for this, right? Magic and Kareem have played together and won rings together. Right. Not that they're exactly the same, but their games are similar, right? Ben Simmons, big point guard. Embiid, dominant big. Right. In the post, right? Right. That can shoot. So this, to me, just makes me feel like Ben Simmons should just run the game more and Embiid should have to play some kind of role in this. I mean, I don't even – honestly, I don't think that's what Ben Simmons wants. Because he can't win like that. He's always going to need somebody else to do some of the things that he can't do. You know, I mean, and same is true with Embiid. Embiid knows that, you know, no matter who comes, they're going to have to be a person who can handle the ball, a, per, a playmaker. Of course. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a big man. He knows he's not going to be bringing the ball down. He's not Giannis. You know, he's not that kind of player. And so, no matter what, I think it's more about just like wanting to win and being willing to sacrifice. At some point you have to say, Hey, maybe either my numbers are going to suffer or my game, something, you know, like getting the ball exactly when I want it, where I want it. I think he knows he's in a pretty good situation. I don't know if Embiid realizes it or not yet, but he's going to. And I think come playoff time, they're going to like when they're doing their best to figure it out, a lot of it will fall on Brett Brown. If he's smart enough, he'll figure it out. If not, then there'll be like a second round exit again. Moving on to Andre Drummond. Why is he coveted? Because the dude is 17, 16, 3, 2, and 2. 53% from the field, 60, 60% from the line, three and a half turnovers. He's been the rebounding crown. He's had the rebounding crown two years in a row. He's going to win his third. Here's the problem, though. He's on a $27 million contract with an opt out next year. And he's most definitely going to leave, and his value sucks because the fact that he's going to leave. And you could probably get him in free agency. The Carmelo effect from Denver, right? Where Knicks, yeah. the Knicks gave up all their assets for Melo. <laughs> and then they sucked. So dumb. Okay. Oh. So here are, the, here are some trade scenarios for Andre Drummond. Number one, to the Mavs. 
for Dwight Powell, Seth Curry, Courtney Lee's expiring contract, and a first rounder. Hmm. So basically a 24th pick. Okay, so all day or cray cray for the Detroit? Pistons. Yeah. Uh, cray cray. Okay. <laughs> cray cray. How about to the Clips? That is for a garbage deal. <laughs> for Zubach, Landry Shamet, Jamichael Green, Mo Harkless is expiring, and a first rounder. <laughs> That's another cray cray. <laughs> okay. And last one, my favorite one. Andre Drummond to the Spurs for DeRozan. Hmm. How many what is what's DeRozan's contract? Uh DeRozan has an opt out. Oh no. He's expiring this year and has a opt out next year. Oh, so they're trading one expiring contract for another expiring contract? I guess so. Hmm. I mean, I want to do that. No, I got to go cray-cray on that too. <laughs> so cray-cray for all of these. So cray should cray Detroit trade? What could they get? Should Detroit trade him? Or should they try to get him to sign again? Should they pledge his loyalty now and say, like, look, we love you. We're not trading you. Stay here. You, Blake, Derek Rose, we got the pieces to do this as long as we're all healthy. How much more money can he make there if he stays? He can get a fifth year. Maybe they give him the max, but is he available oh for? S- well, he can't make a he can't get a super max. I don't. Think he, he can't can get, get a super max, right? Um, yeah, so he won't. I mean, he's he's due for a big contract, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this is it, though, then I wouldn't trade him. Mm. I mean, what's the point of? I, I I understand the idea of getting value. You don't want to lose him for nothing, but this is essentially nothing. I mean, if you're to lose him in free agency, a first rounder from the Mavs or the Clippers who are going to have high seeds, it's not going to be a great pick. So, I mean, what is this really? You're you're trading him to tie up your cap space with guys like Powell and Seth Curry and Courtney Lee or Landry Shamit and Jamichael Green? Like, no, that's not worth anything. You know, I'd rather just lo- take the open cap, up space. cap space. Yeah, take the cap space. Try to get another big time player. If not then at least you'll have flexibility. You know, at least you can you can get more expiring contracts, figure something out. You know, you can try to build through the draft on your own. Uh, you don't know how bad you're going to be this year, by the way, so your own pick might be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's, you know, what's the point of this? This just ties you up, so I wouldn't do it. And you never know. Drummond's in it for the money, okay? <laughs> I don't is. know what let's he's saying. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, but let's be clear. He's in it to, you know, secure the bag, as they say, because... He he's all of a sudden uber motivated Correct. to put up big numbers, and he's I think he's even said stuff like this, and so he wants his payday. You know, yeah, there's no illusions about this. He wants money. If he's gonna be able to get the most money from Detroit, and the market is kind of lukewarm out there, like unless he can really go to a contender, but what contender is really gonna be able to take him? Mm, I mean, I don't no th- I don't think there's a contender out there who's gonna have cap space this summer. So he Atlanta might just wants the market him. and be, I mean, do you really, uh, Atlanta's going to have like one of the worst records in the league. Uh, what's their selling point going to be? They can give him money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, take less money <laughs> to come play with us and you're going to go to the first round of the playoffs, right? Like, I mean, it's not like they're going to be some kind of world beaters. And they have John Collins. Like, I don't even know. How does he fit in on that team? I have 
no idea why they want him so bad. <laughs> I don't. They I want don't him know, badly. Man. I mean, I'm sure maybe they'll open something up so that he. C- it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like Andre Drummond, he he's like an old school center. So honestly, any team that gets him is actually going to have a hard time being a contender because he kind of limits what you can do offensively. And it's not like he is a fleet of foot defensively. You know, he's not also the the... Knicks want him, (laughs) but of course the Knicks want everybody. I mean, sure. Go, go to the Knicks and play with Julius Randall (laughs) (laughs) and uh, DSJ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and RJ Barrett. Like I, I I mean, I say just roll the dice. If this is the best you can get, then roll the dice. This is not even getting a potential all-star, a good young player. This is not even getting These guys aren't even like rotation players. <laughs> like they're they're it's not nothing. even starters. They're barely it's, rotation it's players. Look, the offers are drying up for Drummond right now because this very fact, right? They they think they might be able to get him in free agency and it, and they'll probably not give him max money. They'll probably give him a big haircut. And if that's going to happen, Detroit really has the leverage because they'll be like, well, we'll give you some version of the max. And he'd be like, yeah, signed yeah. all day. I'll do it. Moving on. Drew Holiday. You know, so while doing this, I realized the trade market is kind of light this year. No yeah. stars really are on the block. And even Ben Simmons, they kind of made up. Right. Anyway, Drew Holiday, Mr. 20 points, five rebounds, six and a half assists, two steals, one block, 44% from the field, 34% from three, 71% from the line, three turnovers. He's a difference maker, right? But he's not a lead guy or even a second lead guy. His future isn't dead in New Orleans. It's just irrelevant at this point. And the gelling with Lonzo hasn't panned out. He's getting paid $26 million this year, next year, and has an option for that that he'll probably take. I don't know why he wouldn't. Right. So, Joe, here we go. New Orleans should trade Drew Holiday for, for Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker, where Hartenstein can now be the new Capella. And then New Orleans team will be Lonzo Hart, Ingram, Zion, and Capella. Um, if I'm New Orleans, I would do it. Sure. Yeah. But if I'm Houston, Houston, I wouldn't do it. Cray cray. No way. Yeah, cray cray for Houston. The reason why I said they do this is because they keep trying to get a guard. And I'm like, why? How many Another guards guard? do you have? They have... What? Why? All they, they keep have trying to get guards. guards. They keep trying to get guards. I'm like, all right, well, here's a trade for a guard. They Give have up Russell your big. Westbrook. Your one big. Eric Gordon. Yeah, they have um, Austin Rivers, and they have Daniel Jay House Harden, Jr. Who counts as three guards. <laughs> okay, so cray cray. All right, cray cray. How about to Orlando for Jonathan Isaac, who's injured, Terrence Ross, and Al Farouk Amino. Terrence Ross and Al Farouk Amino have a combined twenty-one mil for four years, so they're tying up their cap, but they're getting Jonathan Isaac. Ooh, I would do it. If you're, if I'm New Orleans, I would do it. Yeah, it's a good gamble. It is a good gamble. See, Jonathan Isaac potentially could be a very good player. A lot of people are high on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was showing flashes this year. His numbers are twelve point seven boards, two point four blocks. Yeah, forty six percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got yeah, he's got those defensive numbers. 
He plays and thirty three percent from three, which is not bad for yeah. a defensive guy. Yeah, he's six eleven, gives you size, but he's not immobile. He can guard on the wing. He can guard outside. Yeah, he plays. He plays uh, both forward spots. Right. And so I think you pair that with because, like, imagine their small ball lineup then mm-hmm. with Isaac playing center, and you get Zion, Ingram, Hart, and Lonzo. That's that's pretty sick, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a defensive guy next to Zion, right? You yeah, because you need a guy who's Zion's obviously not going to play great defense. He's not going to block shots. He's yeah. going to get rebounds. He's not going to block shots. He's not going to block shots. He's not going to be an inside. You know, backline defender. That's kind of not the way that he plays, right? But that's a very athletic defensive team. And Lonzo, by the way, plays very good defense. And Sneakily. Ingram's mm-hmm. defense is improving every year. Mm-hmm. And he's long, too. The wingspans <laughs> on that squad mm-hmm. and heart hustles. I mean, you could put all, all kinds of other guys in that spot, too. If you want someone else, you want a shooter, you could put in a shooter. Yeah, if you JJ. want just like a wing defender, yeah, you could put in JJ. You, you know, you put in whoever. And so, you know, and, and then everyone would be young, too, so they would match up. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. That's the one time I would be more inclined to gamble, right? Because Drew Holiday is obviously a good player, but he's an established player. You know what you're getting. And I'm, I've said this before, but I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in Drew Holiday. Yeah. Right? Like, he's never shown me his full potential. At least I feel like it. And look how well Lonzo was playing since Drew Holiday got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans has been rolling. Lonzo's had three triple doubles since December 29th, you know, or the 27th or 29th, like ever since Drew Holiday's been out, like the mm-hmm. past 10 or 11 games. Mm-hmm. And then today he kind of came back down to earth because Drew Holiday was back and he went crazy. <laughs> Same thing for Ingram, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like Lonzo and Ingram have been tearing it up, and New Orleans has subsequently been winning games. Mm hmm. We'll when talk Drew about Holiday's that. in, mm-hmm. yeah. When Drew Holiday's in there, though, I just always feel like this team is like underachieving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, what's going on? Like, why aren't why isn't everybody playing better? When he was gone, like Jackson Hayes was stepping up, like Derek mm-hmm. Favors was playing better, mm-hmm. like all the guys were stepping yeah. up. So, what what's his name? Kenrick Williams. Like he would have these weird games that he would turn all the up. daily fantasy guys. That all are ten dollars, guys. Yeah, you're like, oh, uh, Favors is hurt. I got to pick up this guy. Yep. <laughs> or like yep. Ingram's out. You like, know they're gonna guy. perform. Yeah, and they all they yeah, all play and that's well. the problematic thing about Drew Holiday, right? Is because he acts like a number one guy that's not a number one guy or a number two guy. But for a team like Orlando, who's for some reason really trying to compete, they gave max money to Vucevic. Then your team ends up being Markel, Drew, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Vucevic, which is not bad. That's a good five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and actually Drew, it would be better for Drew in many ways. Mm-hmm. Because he'd be there and he'd have a role on a playoff team and you know, they'd kind of they actually need what he can do. You mm-hmm. know, he brings more veteran leadership there, but he doesn't have to kind of carry this thing and actually one of Drew's bad qualities for young guys is that he's too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like and not like in a bad way necessarily. It's, it's almost like he's too versatile. So he can do a lot of things, but then one day he's like, okay, I'm going to be the lockdown defender today. And then another day it's like, I'm going to score. And then another day it's like, I'm going to pass. Because you look at Drew Holiday's box scores and they're like that. It's like one day he has 11 assists. Next day he has three assists. One day he has like five steals, you know, or one day he's locked down. And it averages down. to 25 and five Yeah, and, it, and this is what it <laughs> averages to. Yeah, but it's like those aren't really the numbers that you see day in and day out. 
Yeah. Right. And but for Orlando, that could be fine because you have other guys like Vooch or like Aaron Gordon, you know, other guys who get hot or cold and they also kind of do that so he can fill in and do what's needed there. But when you have young guys like Ingram, he needs reps every day. He does. You know, like every game, he needs to touch the ball a lot to get better at what he's doing. And when you give him that chance, you see what happens, right? Same with Lonzo. He needs the ball in his hand every time down the court so he can kind of be in the flow of the offense. He can't come in for like 20 minutes and really do anything effective, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's better to just give the keys over to the, the kids, let them run the show, especially with Zion coming back. You know, you don't need more. You don't need someone like Drew taking away shots and minutes from those young guys. And so, I would do it. I, you know, I've I've now I was iffy at the beginning, but us talking has made me think. I would just all day. I would just do it and just roll the dice and just see what happens. That's my favorite thing that happens on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Turning a no into a yes. <laughs> That's one all of right. your specialties. <laughs> Moving on, Kevin Love. No one hates his job more than Kevin Love right now. <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> Throwing tantrums, smacking oh, so the chair. Sad. Like, what? what is smacking a chair? Like, I swear every superstar has done that. When did that become what? a thing? Yeah. Why is that a fine? I don't understand. But there's like there's so many sequences where he's just standing, like calling for the ball, or like standing just like sighing, throwing his hands. Oh, it's so sad. But he's quietly having a good season that we've talked about on this pod. Right. 17, 10, and 3, 46 from the field, 37 from 3, 84% from the line. You know, he has no future in Cleveland. He doesn't. He doesn't belong there. That team is going nowhere. It's going down the toilet quickly, and he's showing it with tantrums. <laughs> but he's got $30 million for this year, and three years after that. Yeah. It's a contract that nobody wants. He's going to be 34 by the end of his contract. You say he has no future in Cleveland, but I say he has a $90 million future in Cleveland. $120 million future. Oh, is that 120? Yeah. 120, four years, <laughs> for four including years. this year. Including this year. Okay, so here are the trades that probably won't happen because no one is going to offer any of these things. But if they did, Utah, Kevin Love going to Utah for Bojan and Joe Ingles. I mean, there's no, way Utah, there's no way Utah does that. <laughs> all day. If I'm Cleveland, I'm like, all day. All day, baby. I'll take that. Kevin Love to Portland for Hassan and a first rounder. Or no, sorry. First rounder from Cleveland. <laughs> Wait. Kevin Love and a first rounder to Portland for Hassan. Yeah, let's, let's Hassan. change this. Let's do Kevin Love and first rounder to Utah. Do you? No, well, well, Utah wouldn't do it because Bojan's playing well. Yeah. But I would do it if I were Utah mm. because I don't trust Bojan. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Love, man, Kevin Love has become like grossly underrated. He has. Now because he's it's his contract. Cleveland. It's his contract that makes it abysmal. Right. It makes it difficult, but... To me, Utah right now, they have no chance at contending. You know, if you get Kevin Love, it at least puts you... Like, he could actually really help that team. I think they would need him to to make it through the playoffs because they need a player like him. Mm-hmm. He can still get points in the paint. He can still score from the post if needed. And 
they don't have anyone like that. Like that's one of Utah's big problems that Rudy Gobert is so bad mm-hmm. on offense that they kind of just leave him alone and he can't really do anything. If he's not dunking it, he can't really do anything. And Kevin Love would help them with that situation. He can also shoot from outside. He also has veteran leadership. He also has championship experience. That's a, that's a lot of stuff that a lot of those young guys don't have. And their five would end up being Conley, uh, Donovan, Royce O'Neal, Kevin Love, and Gobert. Gobert. That's a solid five. I like that more than Bojan in there and Ingles in there sometimes. Do you know what I yep. mean? Like, because it's weird and it just doesn't all fit together. I feel like that five is better collectively. And so I'd do it. Absolutely. And the only reason that Cleveland would do this is just for the relief. You know? Right. Yeah. They just want to, like, they have no reason to have a guy. <laughs> A guy, a guy of Bojan and Joe Ingles stature, like uh, they're great contributors, but for what? Right. <laughs> on Cleveland. So uh, then, moving on, Kevin Love and a first rounder to Portland for Hassan. Hassan is basically the expiring contract. Their first rounder is going to be good. Kevin Love and a first rounder to Portland for Hassan. Yeah. If I'm Cleveland. Cray cray. Really? I don't want Hassan Whiteside. Just wave him. Just wave him. You get the I'm relief. Not, no, I'm not giving up my first rounder. My really good first rounder for Hassan Whiteside. It's mm. not doing it. <laughs> You've seen what he did to Dame and CJ. <laughs> Now I believe in the power. The power. There is you know no what, force. You know what Hassan actually is? He's the freaking, he's the ring. <laughs> he's the ring from Lord of the Rings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that like corrupts people. And I, <laughs> and I didn't believe it. And I was like, nah, he's, he's, you know, he can't, he can't stop. He can't stop, you know, Frodo though. Frodo and Samwise. <laughs> like. Dame and CJ, they're like they're buds, you know. This is not, this is, and this is just I don't know. It's like you can't resist it. It's too powerful. <laughs> he just drags everyone down. He just drags them it's down. It's just me. It's like so powerful. <laughs> Remember how you feel by like the end of that movie because Frodo's carrying the ring the whole time and he's just so beat down. <laughs> he just feels so tired. And he's like exhausted and he's hungry and he just feels like this burden, this weight he's been carrying for, you know, 10 hours of these movies. And that's Hassan Whiteside. That's how da- that's what's happening to Dame. He's being just beat down by this burden that he's having to carry. Yeah, it, And it, I know exactly what's happening in the locker room because like you can't criticize him that much because right. he what he throws back in your face is well numbers and even today he got 17 points 21 rebounds and six blocks <laughs> he's like well i did my part i got 21 rebounds six blocks what do you want me to do and then dame's like it's not about that <laughs> yeah it's not about that and it sounds like well, what what just put on the ring <laughs> just put it on <laughs> the eye of but, sorrow but I mean, Dame, by, did you see what Dame did today? 61. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
against Golden State. He had to drop 61 in overtime to win. Yeah, it's no, it's crazy. I, I was like, I thought they might lose because it was close. They were down, actually, for a lot of the game. And, man, Dame is just, I love Dame, though. He will do whatever he can. He will do whatever it takes. 11 threes, 16 for 16 from the line. What? 61, 10, and 7. Whatever it's 61 on 37 shots. He will do whatever it takes, but he had to do this without because he doesn't have CJ, and <laughs> it was against the Warriors. He had 84 and a half points in daily fantasy. Oh my god. Okay, last one Chris Paul. Talk about quietly having a good season. Chris Paul is out here mentoring his folks, and they are out for blood for him. In his 15th season, it's 15 seasons of Chris Paul. He's averaging the fewest assists of his career. You might think his numbers are bad. 17-5, six and a half assists, two steals, but 48% shooting from the field, 37% from the from three, 90% from the line, and 2.3 turnovers. Just, just such low turnovers. He's averaging nearly career highs in percentages and turnovers, and his usage rate has also plummeted. He's basically... Second lowest usage rate of his entire career. I was surprised Houston wasn't on there with James Harden taking away all the <laughs> possessions. But he's giving his teammates the ball and he's putting the ball in their hands. But OKC has a problem, right? With Chris Paul motivating all the troops, they'll be good enough to make the playoffs. However, what's their plan? You know, making the playoffs and right. even after that, what what do they do next year? Chris right. Paul is the third highest contract this year all players and has one of the most expensive contracts in the entire league paying him 44 million through 2022. Oh, dang. Whew. I know that was that, that was a lot, right? <laughs> There's not a lot of options for Chris Paul. So I'm going to give you two. Number 1, I've talked about this many times, Chris Paul for John Wall. John Wall's getting paid 47. It's an even worse contract through 2023, but John Wall's obviously not coming back this year, so they'll tank who knows, but he'll come back next year, I think. And maybe they take the gamble on him being really good. And if not, they can tank. Mm, cray cray. Mm. I do not take John Wall. For anything. Wall. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would pretty For much. Anything. I mean, John Wall at 47 mil. So you're going in 2023. In salary, and <laughs> like, you're adding an extra year. Yeah, you're adding oh, an man, extra year. That's whack. I can't. I can't do that. Nobody can do that. No, that's. You can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. He'll be thirty-three by that point too, and he's an athletic, like player type of player. He's gonna lose everything by then. He already shows, and he has though, an Achilles like, even injury now. Even if he had his athleticism, he sucks. He sucks. He's not good. And now, when you compare him to these young guys. Like, compare him to Trey Young. Compare him to Luka Doncic. Like, he's not on the same planet as these guys. Mm -mm. He more closely resembles Jamal Murray. Yeah, and even Jamal Murray might be more valuable than him at this point because at least he could shoot. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. John Wall can't really do anything. Okay, John Wall. Okay, Arbitross contract for Arbitross contract doesn't look good, especially because Chris Paul is actually good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's bad. He's good. Okay, moving on. Chris Paul to Denver. For Gary Harris, who has $17 million for three years, and Mason Plumlee's expiring. So you get 
you turn the Albatross contract into a $17 million contract, and you get an expiring deal. Hmm. So basically, going forward, you'll have Gary Harris. That's it. And like 30 mil of cap space opened up. Yep. Correct. Ish. You know what's weird is like, I have no idea what OKC's plan is. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't trade Chris Paul. Mm. Like, I was thinking they would definitely trade Chris Paul by this point because they'd be out of it. Right. But at this point, they're, they're probably, in it. They're in it. They're going to make the playoffs, right? They're going to make the playoffs. Unless they choke bad or maybe if somebody gets hurt. But Chris Paul doesn't you know, choke like that. Those are the only things that can knock him out. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Only if somebody gets hurt. If Chris Paul gets hurt and he's out, then maybe they'll fall apart. Maybe they'll have incentive to lose, right? But other than that, look, because when you look at it, at this point, it's like you should just live with Chris Paul. Mm. Maybe try to trade him in the offseason. If you have the opportunity, if there is a way to relieve some salary and get back like a decent player, like if this Gary Harris thing is available, was available in the, let's say in the off season, you know, obviously Mason Plumlee would, wouldn't be, be an expiring at that point. But you know what I'm saying? Like if there's another expiring contract or something like that, like if there's another way that you could work around it and free up some cap space or maybe get picks, then maybe, but you should never, this is the problem that OKC has had before. They didn't understand what success was, mm. right? And if success falls into your lap, you don't run away from it for the for the potential of some other greater future success. Do you know what I mean? Like if you can build to it, then that makes sense. But you don't fail, right? You're not like, okay, well, you know what? Like this team is suddenly better than we thought and we're going to make the playoffs. Let's fail instead. Right, let let's deliberately fail because that's what you would be doing at this. But this isn't even tanking. This is worse than tanking, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like deliberately losing to get out of winning, <laughs> right? And because if you already have a pretty good team, then just win with that team because you never know, right? Maybe Chris Paul is going to be better for longer than you thought, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe he's going to transition into this role that's actually going to really help SGA. You know, develop faster is. than you thought. Yeah, he's already developing fast, and it's like, yeah. And then let's say he suddenly develops faster than you thought, and Chris Paul can somehow transition into a different kind of role, and like other players are better, and your picks pan out to be pretty good, and all of a sudden your team, like, because you have capitalized on the success that you've already had, it becomes something really great, even though it's not exactly what you intended it to become, right? But I think that's what a good organization does. You kind of roll with the punches. Right. If you're always trying to design exactly what you want, this is like the Jim Buss mistake, right? Taking Mike D'Antoni over Phil Jackson. You know, at that moment when we had Dwight Howard, when that 2013 team, right? It's like, yeah, this is stupid because, and Phil Jackson's even like saying he wants to come back, right? It's like, yeah, you should go to what you think is going to lead you to success, not because you want to put a certain product on the floor. Like, oh, but we want Showtime and we want it to look like this. It's like, that's dumb, right? You have to work with what you have and be flexible and be smart. I think at this point, just go towards the success. If if this team is going to make the playoffs, just position yourself to do that. And then when you're, when you're in the offseason, you can reevaluate it and see what's going on. This that. is exactly what you're talking about with tanking is – this is a young team that refuses to tank. They put the players on the floor, and they ended up being good. Right. So are you going to force their hand to be bad, or are you going to 
bet on the players learning from this, like SGA especially, that turn ha- learn this winning mentality and turn that into success later on. So I understand what you're saying about Chris Paul. I kind of agree. They're probably going to end up being a potential first round upset team. Like, yeah. Like if you saw that Houston game where Houston was up 15 points That's today, with, yeah. with less than seven minutes to go and yeah. they won the game and Chris Paul gave the last shot to SGA and SGA drained it in the face of James Harden because one, James Harden sucks at defense, but two, SGA is turning out to be a pretty good player. Case in point about the tanking thing. Yes. Philly tanked, right, Mm -hmm. to make the team that they wanted. And we just talked about trading one of those two guys that they thought, the gems that they got in the draft. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't come out exactly the way that they thought it would. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's why I hate tanking. Because just because you tank doesn't mean you become the Warriors. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, like you're. It doesn't mean all your pieces are gonna magically fit together. It doesn't even mean that you're gonna necessarily get a generational talent. Right, a lot of that stuff is luck. A lot of it, and a lot of it is just being designed for success. If you keep trying to succeed, eventually, when the when the luck comes together, right? What is it? What do they? What is? <laughs> what is that quote? Um, luck is when uh, preparation meets opportunity. Mm. Right. And like, that's the idea, right? That's kind of the way that successful organizations think. They're like, we're going to always be prepared so that when the opportunity comes, we'll be ready. Not we're going to try to game the system so that we can create more opportunities. But if you're not prepared, then you're not going to be successful, right? They got a ton of picks and they threw them all away. Same thing that Cleveland did. Same thing that uh, Phoenix did, right? And they kind of got lucky with Embiid and Simmons, but... Again, they don't exactly fit together. Now we see that. And so that's why I don't like tanking. I, I think they would do better just to, to follow success. I don't think the only two options are get a superstar or tank. Like those can't be the only two options. There has to be more in between. But right. my question for OKC is what are you going to do? You know, and so I don't know. Uh, they have six yeah. picks that are probably going to be in the high 20s and they have chris paul who's going to be here till 2021 or 2022 sorry 2022 uh i don't i don't know what that ends up looking like um but hey i mean but what if what if they just yeah what if they're just a team that makes the playoffs for like the remainder of chris paul's contracts and that's good for okc yeah that's what i'm saying it's like championship or bust that's really like a stupid way to think for most teams Mm-hmm. Right, I think for the Lakers, it's fair, especially because, small market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because if you're a big market, you'll always be able to draw free agents, so you're kind of in an advantageous position. But if you're like, yeah, if your team sucks, or if you're, you know, you're in a small market, it's like you shouldn't always be thinking about it. If the opportunity is there, you should take it. But if it's far away, then you know it's detrimental to you to put such a lofty goal out there. And so, yeah, they should just like make the playoffs, try to be as good as they can right now, and maybe they'll luck into like a good pick or maybe they'll luck into a, a superstar and then then they'll really be in position they'll be really good hey luca was the third pick <laughs> he wasn't the first pick hmm. he was the third pick so if you could trade up you could do something for someone that you see as generational talent 
That's one way. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, NBA trade deadline. It's coming up soon. I don't know if any of these guys are actually going to get traded. It might end up being a really quiet trade deadline this year. I actually um, think so, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of these teams are kind of set. Uh, so we've already seen a couple small deals happen. We'll probably see some small deals happen, but don't hold your breath for some of these big guys. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, we are back to close it out. Two for the road, where I give you one for the road, Joe gives you one for the road, and we give you two for the road. That's basically what it is. <laughs> that is some good math there. <laughs> All right, for my one for the road, I'll start it off. I'm going to give you my 23andMe results. So if you recall our first episode of the year, I talked about my 23andMe, which is genetic testing results. Uh, I found out. I'm going to tell you my results. It, I think it costs like 75 bucks to do it, but I got it as a Dude, white elephant 75 gift. 75 bucks? Yeah, something like that. And then to do the additional health screening, the health genetics, it costs another 100 bucks to do it wow uh-huh. so it's pretty expensive so joe you're gonna tell me if it's worth it to find out the information that i found out so first the very first thing was i found out my ancestry i'm 93 percent hmm. korean six percent japanese and one percent mongolian that has added nice. nothing to my life <laughs> <laughs> In terms of traits, I found out my genetics have a 50 for 50 percent chance of matching a musical pitch. Uh, hmm. I can likely spell asparagus. Less likely to ha- than average to have a bunion. No dimples. Higher odds of disliking cilantro. Less likely to get dandruff. Likely detached earlobes. Likely no early hair loss. Likely dry earwax. Likely brown eyes. Less likely to be afraid of heights. Less likely to have a fear of public speaking. Likely have a longer ring finger. <laughs> More likely Wait, than average... Uh, like, uh, longer ring finger than your index finger. Than your index finger, okay. Which I, I, was, I thought you meant than your middle finger. Which, which I do. <laughs> which uh, would be crazy. Uh, likely than average to have flat feet. Likely little freckling. Likely less like like less likely to experience hair photo bleaching, getting brown lighter hair. What is that? Lighter hair in the sun. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, likely straight hair. Likely to have thick hair. Likely to prefer chocolate over ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Likely mm. more bitten by mosquitoes. <laughs> less likely to experience motion sickness, which I don't. Likely lots of baby hair, which I did. Likely no. Photic sneeze reflex, which is if you see the sun, you sneeze. Like I don't oh, have what in the world. Yeah, I don't have I that. I don't do that either. Okay. L- likely no red hair. Mm-hmm. Adrian and both Logan sneeze when they see the sun. Oh, interesting. Likely no red hair. Likely darker skinned, which I tanned. Likely bigger toe. A likely big toe is longer than second toe. <laughs> Less likely to have a unibrow. Sorry, Anthony Davis. Likely no widow's peak. Joe. Was that worth the initial $75? What was the point of that? Because <laughs> you're saying... That is you're exactly what I said. 
You're saying what's likely, right? But it's like, I already know <laughs> at this point in my life whether or not I, I like cilantro or not. Or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or my fingers. I can just look at them. What do I need this screening for to tell me whether something is likely or not when I already know whether it is or not at this point in my life? This seems a thousand percent pointless and <laughs> $75 seems like a hundred dollars too much <laughs> yeah we also are both born with healthy sets of hair so that really to me is the one thing that I'd be like oh I'm likely to lose my hair oh to go bald I see yeah yeah is that worth no, $75 to bald. find out you probably, you'd probably find out much earlier than that <laughs> so the additional hundred dollars that i spent to find out my health readings were mm -hmm. i can't pronounce some of these things but basically okay. there's like do your best though do your best <laughs> just do it okay age-related muscular degeneration alpha one anti-trypsian deficiency g6pd deficiency hereditary amelioidosis <laughs> Her hereditary oh, amelioidosis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hemat hemochromatosis. <laughs> yeah, hemochromatosis, Heret yes. Hereditary thrombophilia. <laughs> yeah, throm thrombophilia, yeah. Uh -huh. M-U-T-Y-H, muth <laughs> associated <laughs> polyphosis. You're a mute? You have muted powers? <laughs> Parkinson's disease and type 2 diabetes. I have no variance in my genetics detected for these. What's interesting about this is they make you take a tutorial and they make you sign waivers before you get the results of this. Because if you have these genetics, it could make you like depressed and uh, you know feel like, oh crap, like this is coming and all this stuff. So sure, I, I understand. Sure. And while I knew I had none of these in my familial history because, you know, uh, I ask about that stuff. I was kind of nervous to click to see like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, what you have. Yeah, what yeah. you have. It's like, it's kind of scary. Have. So in that regards, it gave me a really good thriller ride for some of sure. those results. And the second portion of this was wellness where they showed uh, I'm unlikely to flush with alcohol consumption, which I'm, yeah, which I am unlikely. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm likely to consume less caffeine, which I don't really, cons I don't drink coffee. I'm less likely to be a deep sleeper, which I wake up first when Logan cries. Uh, mm -hmm. Predisposed to weigh less than the average. I'm pretty light for my height. Uh, mm -hmm. Likely lactose intolerant, but I'm not lactose intolerant. So I guess likely doesn't matter. Here's the one I liked. Muscle composition common in elite power athletes. I was like, okay. So how, what happened? I didn't work out. <laughs> Uh, saturated fat and weight, likely just a natural weight. Sleep movement, likely average or less movement in sleep. Mm. Joe, was this worth $100 additional to find out these things? I would pay about $7 for that information. <laughs> and if it took less than like 30 minutes. So none of this takes that much time. I, I was okay, actually okay. really pleased with how easy Fast it was to do it. Okay, okay, Here's the part okay. that's hard, and I just salivated while doing it, is because you have to spit a lot into uh, this jar or, like, this mm. test tube. And, it, and and when you look at the test tube, you're like, oh, that's not that much. But when you spit, 
it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you got to fill it. So and it says you have to fill it up. up. And it says no bubbles. Like not not the bubbles. What? It's like no it's like bubbles. straight up the liquid that has to reach a certain threshold. It was a lot of spit. <laughs> Dude, that's whack. That sounds like it would take me more than 30 minutes. And no, no. Come on. Why? <laughs> I don't understand why people even do this. I I kind of get it. Look, I get the kind of genetic stuff. For me, I wouldn't do it because I don't want to know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, you know, because it doesn't change what like it, the likelihood or non likelihood doesn't change the fact of you have it or you don't have it. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be living my life. And this is just kind of how I am. But I don't want to live my life worrying about all the stuff that could potentially happen. Right. You know, and I do feel like, yeah, you would just be stressed or like depressed or whatever. Um, I understand those reactions, but I don't under, I don't, well, I just wouldn't, I would just rather try to live my life, you know, well and try to be healthy and all those kind of things. Um, Cause you can't, you can't totally control that stuff. If it happens, it happens. And then you have to just, you know, respond to it as it happens. You'd rather be in the matrix like Cypher? And eat the steak. No, I mean not necessarily. You know what I mean? It's like I don't. I don't want to like just be gross. You know, like like <laughs> it's not like an ignorance is bliss yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not the idea. It's just that thinking potentially about every harm, you know, that could come to you. I don't think necessarily is better for you. Do you know what I mean? What I was hoping that this DNA test would show was. Mm. Things like I my genetics show a predisposition to carbs having a, a more adverse effect on my body sure. than sure, sure. most people. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or, right, right. or yeah, in a way that could shape like the workouts that I do, the diet sure, that I have. Right. Like if it was like right. you're predisposed to running not helping you at all. It's better for you to <laughs> lift weights. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Like, uh, right. like, that's what yeah. I assume this would tell me. Not, mm. hey, you're predisposed to having your ring finger be longer than your index finger. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> what no, does that, that, that do for my life? <laughs> the first part was a million percent stupid. <laughs> like, I can look at my fingers and just see their length. Why do I need to know whether I was or wasn't? Because the thing is, like you just said too, like oh, you're predisposed, you're predisposed to be lactose intolerant, but you're not. Lactose I'm not. Intolerant. I'm not lactose intolerant. So I love cheese. It's the greatest. Do you, I know? Do you feel real like so? In light of that information, do you feel like wow, I beat the genetic lottery <laughs> because I was supposed Although to? Although I did, I, I've never loved just straight up drinking milk. Right, like that for me wasn't really a thing. Um, do people love that? So I okay. Here's a tangent. Asians right? Here, don't for Asians sure. Asians don't for I don't sure. Think there's but any here, here's the thing, right? So I met people while I was living out in New York, like. Uh, most white people I knew loved drinking milk and right. they loved drinking milk more than Gatorade. So like, wow. like they would run like two miles, Ew, three miles and they'd be like, Oh, I'm so parched. I need a glass of milk right now. That is disgusting. Here's another thing that's very interesting, right? So I, I you met Aaron Bierke who did my wedding. He's a really good friend yeah. of mine. He's, he, uh-huh. he, he's adopted. 
uh, to a white family in Minnesota, he also feels the same way. After he mowed the lawn in high school, he'd be like, <laughs> I just need a glass of milk right now. <laughs> Oh no, dude! That's so, I almost threw up. It's it's a I think <laughs> thinking about. I think that. it's a as as Jalen and Jacoby say, it's a regional thing. It's a Midwest thing, uh, regardless uh. of your ethnicity or 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 your background. Sure, those sure, guys sure. don't see Gatorade as the thirst quencher. They see milk <laughs> as the thirst what quencher. About just, what about just good old fashioned water? I'd rather <laughs> have water. Yeah, water is great. Then just hydrate. Water is great, but for me. Uh, milk was never really the thing that quenched my thirst. I just liked water. I liked juice, and I really liked soda, which is a very problematic thing for me. But sure. Um, oh no, milk. No. <laughs> but but like cheese, but milk in stuff, but pizza. Like hey, the more the better. Extra cheese. Does anyone great. out there like milk? Do you guys drink milk after like you work out? I can't imagine that anybody does. If anyone does, if you've listened this far through all of these genetics, through all this entire episode, and you like milk, leave us a comment. (laughs) Post it on our Facebook, please. I don't believe anybody does. If I don't, how about how about how about just leave us a actually leave us a review that says I drink milk. (laughs) (laughs) Drink milk. People would be so confused. (laughs) I like milk and cereal. That's about it for me. Yeah, that's great. I'll I'll have milk and cereal, of course. That's great. Chocolate milk, that's great. It's fine. Hot chocolate, great. Yeah, this this has already gone like twenty minutes too long. It's totally gone way too long. <laughs> I was thinking about how many of these should I cherry pick, but I read you every single one so everyone can oh really gosh. get a thorough understanding of what twenty three and me actually delivers for you. And Joe, was it worth it? It was you talking about it was worth it because now I know I could I never need to do it ever. There you go, people. It's for the people. <laughs> All right, closing it out, Joe. What is your one for the road? So my one for the road is so as we're recording this, it's Monday, and um, it's um, MLK Day, and one of the things that I like to do around MLK Day or week is I go back and look at or listen to some uh, some of the things that Dr. King said um, in his speeches or wrote. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, this man and what he has meant to this country and um, this culture. And so actually what, I'm, uh, what I wanted to do is I'm just going to read a little bit from his most famous speech, from his I Have a, I Have a Dream speech. And I started, I probably started doing this maybe like five or six years ago. No, actually it's been longer, maybe like 10 years ago, but it's, it's crazy. Like I remember the first time I did it, I didn't really realize how much, how little I had actually done that before or I, you know, you know what I mean? Like knew what he actually said. Mm -hmm. And so, um, even though this is his most famous speech, I just wanted to like read a little bit of it. And this will just be like my one for the road. So um, this is part of his speech from uh, 1963. I'm not going to do like his voice or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Because this is not, this is not, it's it's not one of those things, you know? (laughs) Um, So here it is. I say to you today, my friends, though, even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. 
I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will one day be free. Hmm. That's not all of it, but, you know, I'll stop there. He's um, ahead of his time. Yeah, he was, yeah, I mean, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, as people of color that we are, uh, I mean, that dramatically affects us. And it's not that long ago, if you actually not, think about it, that people that long ago. were separated because of just that. Yeah. You know, segregation and kind of systemic racism you know the the remnants of those things are still around but i mean literal laws mhm you know like jim crow and all these kind of things and so it's it's crazy though just it's good it's good to just go back and remember you know these kinds of things like i like you know i was watching basketball a lot today <laughs> cuz you know it was like there was a ton of games on right it's like this is how it was a great day for basketball yeah (laughs) it was and they you know and they have all these things where the players are like hey say something about dr king and this and that and just you know i i really hope right that we continue to remember just uh what a great man he was and the impact that he had and so and the message that he's leaving through yeah you know, and if we can even even for our listeners, if we can be reminded just of some of the things that he said, and they they still like they they sound so relevant, right, for today even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. Yeah, it's really good. I'm actually impressed with uh with this, and uh, 
I'm impressed that you didn't do the impression because that's kind of the content you get here on SBR. <laughs> so we, we can't do that. <laughs> we can do magic. That's cool. <laughs> I'm the magic I'm man. <laughs> I had a dream to give LeBron ball handlers. <laughs> Playmakers. Playmakers. Hard-nosed defenders. Because <laughs> that's the kind of players he needs around him. You know, Stephen A. Oh, gosh. Stephen A's like, huh? <laughs> he didn't shoot us. He didn't shoot us. <laughs> uh, that's really the kind of content you can hear. <laughs> there it is. It found its way. It found its way back. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate. Give us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace. We've been teasing it all year, but we're finally going to do it next week on SBR NBA Tears. Find out why James Harden does not belong in Tier 1. Oh, hot take. Well, you already knew that. <laughs> yes, I'm the champion of James Harden not in Tier 1. <laughs> but Luca's going to make it. Find out next week.